Are any of the Jaguars buy low candidates in 2024? What impact will Jim Harbaugh have on the Chargers offense this season? And which Titans do you need to target on your 2024 FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament teams? Plus the 2023 FFPC Best Ball Tournament $200,000 grand prize winner Zach Toyo is going to join us to lay down how he drafted his six-figure squad and how he's managed his way to the top of the heap in the 2023-2024 world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge with just three games to go. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Silence in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob, and greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football himself, Farrell Elliott, coming up on tonight's show. Farrell and I are going to discuss our thoughts on Rashi Rice as the number one fantasy football option in Kansas City, Jim Harbaugh. What effect is he going to have on the Los Angeles Chargers in 2024 and the 2023 FFPC Best Ball $200,000 grand prize tournament winner Zach Toyo is going to hop on board a buy to talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's going to talk about the rise or potential rise, I should say, of Kendra Miller in 2024, the never too early tournament with the FFPC and much more. If you want to connect with us on the X machine, feel free to do so at HSFF hour. I'm at Eric Balkman, E-R-I-C-B-A-L-K-M-A-N. You can always learn more about Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com, KFFSC.com. Post on our Facebook page and let us know what you think of the show. Let us know if you have any questions there, facebook.com slash HSFFR. You can email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us or for Zach, now is the time to send them in. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, uh, tweets, and emails in our fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer, my best friend, Bryce. And our producer and mutual friend, Rob. As a reminder, go to myffpc.com, myffpc.com, to play the never-too-early best ball tournaments. These two tournaments are going to run up until the start of the NFL draft and conclude on April 25th. They're going to follow best ball slim rules. There's no kickers, no defenses. 20-round draft, 14-week regular season, and single-week elimination playoffs from weeks 15 through 17 before we crown a champion at the end of week 17. Drafts are available daily, 30 second, 60 second, two hour and six hour clocks. Uh, take your shot at either a $25,000 grand prize if you wanna uh, enter at a $125 entry fee in the FFPC Never Too Early Tournament or the FFPC Never Too Early Superflex Tournament, $35 to enter that and you can win a $10,000 grand prize. Go to myffpc.com to register for that. And while you're there, why not pick up some Dynasty Orphans? We have plenty of them available. Remember, we have been doing Dynasty for well over a decade. I don't even know how many thousands of leagues we've had. Not a single one has ever folded. So if you're worried about that, worry no longer. You get some great deals on some of these Dynasty Orphans. Check it out, myffpc.com. Numerous squads have already had their entry fees lowered for 2024. Remember to like this video subscribe to the channel uh comment on it uh, youtube.com slash ffpc fantasy share it with your friends share it with your enemies and get notified each and every time we go live right now uh or not right now but anytime we go live which right now is usually about two times a week um the first uh week of every month until the start of the season we'll go live three times a week so that's what's going on at myffpc.com i have talked long enough i am parched i need a break and who better to turn things over to, at least for the next few seconds, is my co-host with the mostest. It is Farrell Elliott. Farrell, welcome in. Happy January 26th, my friend. Hey, Bonky, how are you, my friend? Yeah, I will have a, um, I will have a few seconds of, uh, of verbiage there while you uh, cure your parchment. 
Hey, <laughs> here's a guy claiming it. to be first in the playoff championship. Yeah, so so let me give you a backstory on this. This is my buddy. Um, this is my buddy Colin. Colin you know, if you got a guy named Colin, he's got to be a buddy. That's a good yeah, exactly. Yeah, Colin listened to my show. He listens to my show in Northeast Wisconsin, and he found out about the FFPC through that show. And he actually um, won ten thousand uh, dollars playing in um, the FFPC. I believe it was the best ball tournament. Colin, correct me if I'm wrong. Won ten k on that last year, and he's in first place in the thirty five dollar playoff challenge this year. Finish. Uh, he's in sixth place right now. Uh, it looks finish, like he's kind of poking you with a stick. There. He is. Yeah, yeah. He wants to get on the show. We'll get him on the show for sure. You know, I, um, I and I'll tell you, Colin, if you want to poke Balky a little more. You can point out to him that in the KFFSC uh, Super Sunday Sweet 16, there's only five spots left, and Balky has yet to embrace his potential championship by joining the league because there's only five spots left. And it, uh, you know, Colin, you could uh, you could just keep keep on pushing that stick in there. That's what Colin wanted. Uh, he won the 10K in the best ball tournament last year. He finished sixth, and we'll have. The I can tell the guy's a winner. He's a winner. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Thank you for Colin for correcting that. I appreciate it. Um, wow, so much to get to. And we got Zach Toyle uh, coming up, the best ball tournament champ. Um, let's talk about the news and notes around the NFL. Hey, the Carolina Panthers, Farrell, they have a new head coach, and his name is Dave Canales, the former offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers went nine and eight. Baker Mayfield had a resurgent season, throwing for over 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, and just 10 picks. They ranked 20th in points per game, 23rd in yards per game, but apparently that was good enough. For Dave Tepper and the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers were the only team to interview Dave Canales, but this is a team that is paying, I don't know, four head coaches right now, five head coaches. <laughs> so they are able to get Canales on board and they don't have to pay him top of the market. The Panthers last year went two and 15. Number one overall pick is going to go to the Bears, so they will not have that. Last year's number one pick, Bryce Young, uh, we don't know what's going to happen with him going forward. I think that. Um, it was kind of an uphill climb given the weapons that Carolina surrounded him. But I, I I think this is this is good. This is good for Carolina. It's good for Bryce Young. I don't think that I'll be targeting Panthers uh, in my drafts this coming year based solely on the Canales hiring. But I think Carolina could have done a lot worse. I'm intrigued. I think that's the best way mm-hmm. I can say it. I'm intrigued to see what Canales is going to do with the Panthers this year. I, and I think you could stay intrigued, Balky, because they've got a new general manager as well. And, you know, he's likely the rookie head coach and rookie GM. Uh, and that can be uh, in Dan Morgan and the GM. That, that can be a recipe for disaster. However, uh, I think they will improve on the field. And, of course, we're interested in the fantasy aspects of this. And so prior to Baker Mayfield, and I think Baker Mayfield, we said it on the show recently, he did well being exposed to what he had at the Rams, but Canales picked that up and ran with it in Tampa. Uh, Canales' biggest uh, work, I don't believe, was with Mayfield, but was with Geno Smith and, and taking Geno Smith from a from a guy who you would say, wow, he's doing some good things. He's doing some good things. Oh, that's not so good. To being a consistent NFL starting quarterback at a very late time in his career. So I, I'm, I've got a real good feel. Uh, for this team, from fantasy purposes, they're going to go out and be um, competitive in the free agent market. And you may end up targeting some Panthers. And when you begin to target them, Balky, you'll you'll be targeting them in the uh, double-digit rounds. which is pretty yeah. good place to, you know, I don't know where he ended up. But uh, you can still win bets if you'll say, you know, Adam Thielen caught 100 balls this year. And and people will look at that and say, yeah, that's four years ago. No, he he that he caught a hundred balls this year, four of them for touchdowns. He had two weeks of catching eleven balls back to back. My point is that he will be with this young, with, with this offensive coordinator and this young quarterback. Thielen will continue, and he was essentially free. I think he'll continue. I don't know if he'll get a hundred again, but uh, he'll be fantasy worthy, especially in some of the contests that. Uh, that we're having now. So I, I like, uh, uh, you know, Mingo will move off 42 catches last year. The running backs are what they are. Take a look at what happens there in free agency because there's positions for guys to get on the field. I think it's a real interesting offseason in Carolina. Let's do a little uh, fantasy football trivia, Farrell. I'm just, I've just looked this up on fantasymojo.com at fantasymojo on the ex Darren Armani, the godfather of the pros versus Joe's competition. 
uh, a guy who uh, we cite every time uh, we can on the show. The data we get is from his website. There is one, count them one, Carolina Panther going in the single-digit rounds in the FFPC uh, best ball, ne- uh, never-too-early best ball tournament right now. He's going at the 9.07. Farrell, who is that Carolina Panther going in the ninth yes, round? Yes, right running now? back Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard, correctamundo, the only single-digit Carolina Panther right now. Uh, Thielen, wow. Mingo, Sanders, all those guys, Bryce Young, they're all going in the uh, 12th round or later. Hubbard is the only guy going in the ninth round right now. Uh, Trent Balky, uh, my favorite GM for obvious reasons. <laughs> the, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, decision maker said that the team is going to have a, quote, heart-to-heart with uh, Trevor Lawrence over whether they're going to extend him long-term now or in 2025. Eugene Fournette was, had this story on the X. Uh, Lawrence under contract through 2024, but if they pick up his fifth-year option, he's under contract through 2025. In his first three seasons, just under 12,000 yards, 58 touchdowns, and 39 picks. He led them in the playoffs in 2022. However, the team kind of imploded down the stretch. One and five in their last six games of this year, finished with a nine and eight record. The offense was good. It finished 13th in the league in uh, yards and points per game. But the team obviously has some issues on the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> the, the question here, for, and we don't necessarily care about the defensive side of the ball as much as we care about the offensive side of the ball. Farrell, I look at what happened last year. Calvin Ridley, although he did not live up to his um, his ADP as far as his performance goes, he surprised me a little bit with several weeks last year. I think Christian Kirk was having a solid season until he got hurt. Evan Engram had the second best tight end receiving season of all time. If you just look at receptions. So obviously he had a good year. Travis Etienne kind of underwhelmed. Um, the Jaguars kind of let a lot of people down. I'm, my question for you is uh, what are we doing with the Jaguars in 2024? Can we get some, some bargains here given how they finished at the end of last season? Can we actually cash in on some bargains with some of these Jags in, uh, in FFPC and KFFSC drafts? You should get bullish. You shouldn't overpay, but you should get bullish. Maybe I should audition. Maybe I should audition to be Trevor's agent here. You know, I go, I go into there. You look. They went on the road to Cincinnati and lost by three, and they went on the road to Cleveland and lost by four. And everybody else probably would have, based on the time that they were playing against those two teams. In the middle of the year, they won seven out of eight. They lost a game in terrible fashion at San Francisco. But if you throw that one out, seven out of eight in the middle of the year. Um, the tight end was fantastic for fantasy purposes. I think the running back uh, now supplants the kind of running back that Eckler was, and I think we see more of him. And you're right. We look at Trevor Lawrence. He only threw 21 uh, touchdowns mm-hmm. this year, but uh, maybe a lot of that had to do with the fact that Kirk uh, uh, got injured. So I really uh, – if I were running this team – I'll take it from the other angle. Uh, I, I would come in here and I would do a deal with Lawrence. I, because my my team, is whether I'm going to have a heart-to-heart with him or not, it's not going to change the fact that my team is invested as this guy is our quarterback. I don't want to go through a year of what if. I want to go ahead and make this deal. I might get a little bit of a discount uh, between uh, between he and his agent and the general manager. The heart to heart could be, hey, let's let's get a little discount. Let's get some pieces on this team that can help you. Uh, you know, Zay Jones, a good player, he probably leaves. Uh, uh, Cam Robinson, I think I would be ready to give up on him at tackle and bring some some new life in the offensive line in. But no, this is a team that I would be bullish on, uh, and, and this was a team that I would look to stack uh, in, in the early best balls. I'm looking at it right now as far as the Jacksonville Jaguars go, uh, according to Fantasy Mojo. Uh, ETN is still going in the mid-second round. Ridley has obviously fallen. He's a mid-fifth round pick. You can still get Evan Engram as tight end seven at the end of the fifth round, right next to Christian Kirk, too. Um, so mm. I think that that those are some interesting buying opportunities if you're drafting right now. And why wouldn't you be? There's nothing else to do. It's the dead of winter. Um, this is what yeah. you do. I, I'm just be. It's been it's been very cold and dreary in Wisconsin. So that that's mm. just what I everybody's doing. Everybody's yeah. drafting right now. Uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter has reported Jim Harbaugh is leaving Michigan and he is accepting the Chargers head coaching job on a five year deal. They interviewed him twice, and they decided to hire him after that second interview. Uh, Harbaugh actually was scheduled to interview with Atlanta a second time. That didn't happen. 
And now he goes from being a national champion at the collegiate level to taking over a franchise with, you know, some playmakers. There's some players there and we'll see what he can do. Jim Harbaugh is famous for instituting a culture change everywhere he's gone. Stanford, the 49ers, Michigan. He has uplifted all of these uh, uh, teams to, um, to, to being, you know, much more well off than where he found them. Um, what he takes over in Los Angeles is interesting. He's got a quarterback in Justin Herbert. We'll see what they do with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Gerald Everett's a free agent. Austin Eckler's a year older as well. What do you do with these Chargers strictly based on the Harbaugh news, Farrell? I'm bumping all these guys up. The question is, who's going to be back in Los Angeles and who's moving on? I want to see who his offensive coordinator is. I want to see who some of these guys he brings with. You know, Harbaugh is 60 years old now, and he's a, a weathered 60 years old, and he's coming from a place where he's leaving a lot of his talent behind. And, you know, he's he's likely to get a very, very young general manager. The, I think the candidate for the job is a fellow named Brown. And um, it, it's been an excellent personnel man at every stop that he's been. Um, so if, if Greg Roman comes in as offensive coordinator, I'm going to feel one way about it. Um, there, there's talent at Detroit. Uh, Egg Ingstan, I believe the guy's name is. He's their passing game coordinator, and he's from California. And that helps when you're recruiting these, these uh, high-profile young coaches. Uh, it doesn't help that you have the Harbaugh uh, mania uh, attached to you. But it does help that you're recruiting them to come back home in California. So I want to see what kind of coaching staff he puts together, and then I'll get an idea of what I want to do with this team. But I think a lot of people like you will say, load up on Chargers. We all love Chargers. We all love the potential. Um, Keenan Allen, uh, yes, I'm, I'm back for another year. Um, but um, I, I, I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach until I see who else is going to join Harbaugh yeah, and I think that's that's crucial. Like we talk about, you know, the head coaches that could make a difference. Like I didn't even bring up Raheem Morris and that going to Atlanta. He's a defensive coordinator. We need to find out uh, who his OC is going to be before we can sort of take away tangible information for that. Now, there is an offensive coordinator that is now a head coach, and his name is Brian Callahan, and he's the new head man in Tennessee. Callahan uh, led the Bengals as an offensive coordinator to 21 and a half points a game, and this while – Joe Burrow missed the second half of the season. Jamar Chase missed a ton of time. T. Higgins was dinged up. Uh, Callahan is from the Gary Kubiak coaching tree. He's worked with Peyton Manning, Matthew Stafford, and obviously the aforementioned Joe Burrow. I don't know what the Titans are going to do at quarterback. I feel like if this is Will Levis's year. You know, we talked yeah. with Josh Larkey from the 33rd team last night on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, and he said, like, I think 2024 they are married to Levis, but it's all bets are off after this season. We'll see what happens. What do you make of the Titans' skill position, guys, specifically Traylon Burks, DeAndre Hopkins, Derrick Henry, for now, um, Ty J. Spears, based on Brian Callahan coming from a really good team that um, he was able to squeeze a lot of points out of that was dinged up this year. Now he comes to Tennessee, Farrell. I think we focus on free agent T. Higgins and expect him to join the coach in Tennessee. And from there, we can figure out what the receiver court looks like. Westbrook Akini is one of my favorite receivers uh, in this in this group. He can't get on the field. Whether or not Hopkins stays is, is, is to be determined. But I think Hopkins could be easily sold on the fact that this offense and this quarterback is going to look significantly different. And, you know, it, it, anyone could, you know, it would be a thrill to be uh, Joe Burrow's quarterback coach. You know, what are you going to say? Joe, get out there and do what, you know. But <laughs> how he had Browning prepared to play, I think, is what got everyone's attention around the league. And when you have your 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 second guy that can come off and you don't miss a whole lot of beats when you, when you had one of the better younger quarterbacks in the league, um, there's something to be said for that. And so – you take this group of players that he he will assemble around him, and sure, I think Henry's gone, and I do like Spears. But you take a look at the group of players, and, and you suspect that now that he's the head coach instead of the quarterback whisperer, he's going to bring that same culture to getting the most he can out of all position players, and that would be really good for fantasy football. And if Hopkins is there, man, that would be something special. We all have loved the the tight end there. Uh, yep, Conquo. You know, and if, if if someone's going to get the best out of Oconquo, perhaps this is the man to do it. 
I think uh, if you are looking for Tennessee Titans um, squeezing the squeezing the fantasy uh, production out of them, Callahan's probably the guy to do it. If you're looking to try to win two hundred thousand dollars in the FNPC yeah. Best Ball Tournament, let's bring on tonight's guest because he clearly knows how to do it. He won the 200K in the 2023 FFPC Best Ball Tournament. He's currently, this is the other thing too, first place overall in the 2023-2024 World Famous FFPC Playoff Challenge with just three games to go. He's going to tell us all about that as well. Please welcome aboard Zach Toyo. Zach, welcome into the program tonight, man. Hey, thanks, Balky. What's up, Farrell? Mr. Zach, how are you, buddy? Good. Thanks for having me. Uh, excited to have you on. I always ask this question for anybody who wins Buku Bucks at the end of the season. How closely were you following this team um, that ultimately won the 200K in the best ball tournament, specifically in week 17? I mean, did you have the live scoring up? Were you glued to it? A lot of stuff can happen in this tournament. Right. I mean, I had 25 teams advance into the playoffs. I think five got through to week 16. So this was the last portfolio standing. So I had invested interest in this going through so i was i was tuned in everything lined up with the holidays so it was a it was a nice sweat (laughs) (laughs) what what did you what did you just curiously what did you do when you when when the you know after the games were over week 17 and and you saw that you were in first place how did you celebrate man i was just grateful this is the one that stuck out and we grinded these uh drafts so it just uh just a lot of satisfaction and i know everyone else grinded in the in the ffpc so just just grateful that this one went through dad you know in, in this format and i am certainly not the volume player that you are and congratulations by the way it, it Thank you. when you when you believe in yourself and go out and you you know when you realize that x amount of teams is not enough and you want to sign up for five more and you got a reason that you're picking so many you know that's a compliment uh, to your skill set, in my um, smaller territory, um, I I get in a situation where I, I kind of get maybe reckless might be a word for it, or adventuresome might be a kinder word. But when I'm playing best ball, I take some risk. I kind of go out on the limb. Do you have any stories about that with this team that you took? the risk and reap the reward? You know, when I look at the draft board, it looks like I got a bunch of closing line ADP value. So no big reaches. Um, as far as roster construction, I took Lamar at the four two, um, had Bryce, which was a bad pick um, in the 13th. And I think generally when I take a elite QB, I like to stick with two QBs. So maybe I got a little out of con- construct. I took CJ Stroud, so that's ah. um, Yeah, go. I think uh, it was my first first big stab at this tournament doing volume. So it just opens up so many combinations, so much different exposure. So it was a good time. What What about um the the week seventeen? Like, who are your heroes? Like, uh, when you were looking at the live scoring, who are the guys that had the big week seventeen for you that that helped you get this grand prize act? I mean, CD was the piece you needed oh, yeah. in Week 17 in every tournament. Um, it seemed like everyone was showing up with the Amon Ra correlation. Um, for this team, I had Devontae. I think he scored 34 mm-hmm. opposed to uh, Amon Ra, which was 22. So that was a nice differentiator. Mm-hmm. Um, the correlation was... Uh, Brees Hall with uh, Njoku. Oh, yeah. Um, that was a big jump on the field. I remember it was interesting because the uh, industry started souring on that correlation just with the uh, Cleveland venue, and I think it was forecasted to be lo- low scoring. So I remember during draft season that Cleveland-New York correlation was sort of uh, undesirable, and this game just popped off. So that was a that was a correlation you needed. Um, I mean, DJ Moore went off, had a ceiling week, but uh, yeah, everything clicked. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, enough of 
enough of looking in the rearview mirror. Balky will probably later get to start talking about how you spent the money or how you're <laughs> going to spend the money and that kind of thing. But I'm interested in 2024. I want to join you in the winner's circle with some of my teams. Let's start talking about some players, Bob. We've thrown out some rookie wide receivers. I was very bullish on rookie wide receivers uh, this year, and I was very happy with the one that I was most bullish on, uh, which was Flowers. Uh, coming off his injury, though, I, I liked uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, but I did not. The, the injury is the, the late injury, and I think it was a late injury, Balky. Uh, kept me away from him. Still, he put together in that offense with those other receivers there, he put together um, a 60-ish catch season, maybe pushing 70. Um, and, Rookie uh, season. Four touchdowns, yeah. And, you know, that's that was impressive for me. This player is going, um, as as we as Balky and I last week, we were trying to find uh, this year's Pittman. This player is going in the neighborhood of where Pittman was last year. Do you see a hundred catch receiver in this player, or better? What he is, is he at value going in the late sixth round currently? Yeah, so I'm looking at the draft board. Six twelve seems about right. I had a lot of JSN exposure this year. Um, I think this impending wide receiver draft class coming in is going to shake up a lot of things and it could drive his ADP down. I'm looking at Marvin Harrison, neighbors, Romeo Dunze. I, I would take all of those above JSN. Um, it seems like the decision point is him versus Terry McLaurin. I would take Terry McLaurin over JSN with Drake May or Jaden Daniels as his quarterback. Um, I would take Jaden Reed over JSN. Um, so maybe he's looking like more like a early seven, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was it, Zach, because you said you had a lot of exposure to JSN last year. What was it about JSN um, that really attracted you to him in 2023 what were the attributes what was the situation why did you want to get enough of uh smith and jigba on your teams it was his prospect profile he was just elite in every metric i mean he outshined garrett wilson so i thought he was going to take over Lockett sooner it just never materialized gino just wasn't able to ascend him to where he needed perhaps pete leaving might help him yeah um, that's interesting uh, sort of depends. I, I think Lockett looks like he's close to done. I don't think we're going to be talking about Lockett as the best wide receiver on the Seattle team anymore. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe that will move him up. If if where is Lockett right now in the early? I can tell you that right now, thanks to our good buddy Darren Armani over at FantasyMojo.com. Tyler Lockett, he is wide receiver forty nine at the 10-11 turn in the never-too-early tournament right now, Zach. Wow. Yeah, I think what, Lockett was in the ninth round or eighth round this season. Well, he's, uh, he's right, universally right. the most underrated drafted wide receiver. And he's going to fall even more so this year. You're talking like yeah. – I think you're right. I think it was like eighth round, maybe early ninth round last year, Zach, for Lockett. And, and Zach, you get an attaboy from me because you brought up a Packer player before bulky did tonight i bet you the next question you get is probably about packers just all right right. what's it happen right now all right just so you can lose that Farrell, i'm going to ask you a different question um how how far are you into your rookie wide receiver analysis i mean i i know you mentioned a couple of them this year is there any rookie receivers and and i know we don't know where these guys are going to end up but you mentioned the prospect profile for smith and jigba is there any rookies coming into the 2024 season that you're kind of excited about, even as early as this point in the season? You know, I'm a I'm a neighbors over a Dunze guy. Um, I, I really like neighbors. I think he's closer than Marvin Harrison Jr. as people think. Um, I I love the Texas wide receiver Xavier Worthy. Mm-hmm. He's big on my list, obviously. These are all six foot three alphas as opposed to that Addison Zay Flowers prototype that were so popular 
in uh, last year's draft. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to this influx of talent. Mm -hmm. um, but Neighbors is my guy. And it's good, it's good talent, guys. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you a name right now. Um, I want to throw you a name that will probably end up going in the third round. And he's slow as Christmas, but don't let that bother you. Uh, I'm going to throw Jamari Thrash, University of Louisville. I'm going to throw that out there for you. Um, this is this is a one of the smoothest wide receivers that will come in the game. And uh, that's one of the things that I loved about Olave when he came in the game. I see elements of, of uh, that game in this player. So I just want to throw you that one. You can take him in the 20th round, and then next year when you win, you can come on the show and talk about it. <laughs> Zach, Noted. what about – we got we got Mile High Luke asking about the Oregon receiver, another really tall guy, 6'2", 6'3", guy out of Oregon, and Troy Franklin. Any thoughts on him? You know, I haven't done the Troy tape yet, but uh, I, I hear it. he's a player. Yeah. I yeah, and I, I'm going to be honest with you. I know the size. I know, the, I, I know he's talented. But I, this is like like the Midwest bias, like right. Living in Wisconsin, I don't see a whole lot of West Coast stuff, so I, I probably need to brush up on my Troy Franklin as well. That's no problem. Speaking of Midwest bias, let's get <laughs> let's get to that Packers question now, Farrell. Um, Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft this past year, Zach, second round and third round respectively in the NFL draft. Um, I heard a lot of people, a lot of smart people, say that Craft is actually the tight end that you want to own for fantasy long term. Now, Musgrave played over Kraft. In fact, Kraft hardly got in the game until uh, Musgrave uh, ended up getting hurt at the end of the year. And then Kraft went on a roll. He looked really good, got a lot of targets. I don't think he's the downfield threat that Musgrave is. But if I was to tell you, and I'll tell you the truth, I'm not lying when I say this, in the never-too-early tournament right now with the FFPC, Musgrave is tight end 16. He's going at the end of the 10th round. Tucker Craft is tight end 22. He's going in the middle of the 12th round. So you're about looking at about a round and a half separation, two rounds between those guys. Which Green Bay Packers tight end are you more likely to have shares of this year than the other, Musgrave or Craft? Well, Balky, this best ball team that won the tournament had Tucker Craft. Um, so you already knew. You already knew. I actually ended up with. 20% Tucker Craft, which is mm. probably one of the most degenerate exposures <laughs> in the best ball landscape. Um, I, I became intrigued with uh, him just with the Dallas Godert, South Dakota uh, comp, and he became an auto pick, I think, in the 20th round. I was clicking him every time in this early phase of the best ball draft. I think at one point, I had about 60% Tucker and I was like, this is, this is getting out of hand. And I think I went to Dane Brugler's uh, beast encyclopedia, which is like a 300,000 word uh, essay on all these prospects. And I had to check Tucker out. I think Brugler had him above Laporta. And then I went to Musgrave's profile and apparently he was a ski prodigy and swept yep. three events, uh, slalom and uh, I think super G. And I read that and I was like, I think I have this all wrong. And I, that's when I stopped drafting uh, Tucker Craft. But, uh, and I think a couple weeks later, Musgrave, the beats, Whereas like Musgrave's light years ahead of uh, Tucker and he sees the job. But to answer, I'm a Tucker guy. I think I'm taking Tucker in the 12th. Um, he's more dynamic with the ball in his hands. And I think he can close the gap on Musgrave with his route running ability where he, uh, Musgrave seems to have the edge. But uh, yeah, let's let's say Tucker. I think, um, you know, the other thing with, with um Musgrave has struggled to stay healthy, and I know it was kind of a freak thing his last year uh, in college. Um, and he gets he gets down the seam a lot better than Kraft. I don't know if that's a skill that Kraft can develop, um, but I do know that um, Kraft did more with his opportunities than Musgrave did over the course of the season. Both these guys are coming into their second year. We'll see what happens. But I think like if you look at 
what they did with the ball when given the opportunity, Kraft squeezed more fantasy production than Musgrave out of that. Packers may not see it the same way, but that's beside the point. Um, Agreed. So that was the Packers' tight ends. Um, players that are coming into their sophomore season. Farrell, there's another guy coming into his sophomore season down in the Big Easy in 2024 mm-hmm. that we should talk about. Uh, you know, I'm a Musgrave guy. I just got to go on record. You know, I just, <laughs> just want to tell you guys I'm a Musgrave guy. And I want to say that, that, Zach, you gave my favorite answer. You said regarding the Oregon receiver, most people will come on the show and they will say, I have not done my research, secondary research. You said it made it made it a, a, a guy that has a scouting element in his whole life of football just really smile when you said, I haven't watched the film on that player. Now that I that, that I like that very much. I, I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate that very much. And I'm gonna ask about some players maybe that yeah, because I love talking about players that we all love, or at least, you know, like Kraft. You guys love Kraft. Um I want to ask about this player because I don't see it. I didn't see it particularly in college. I thought it was too too uh, little of a sample. Uh, and, and I didn't like it with his landing spot at New Orleans. And that's Kendra Miller. And I, I don't I don't see it. He didn't catch anything. He didn't necessarily rush for anything. Um, he had probably one of the flattest seasons of any first and second day draft pick in a, a skill position at a running back position. Uh, your thoughts on this player? Belky, were you looking at my exposures? Cause I had a ton of Kendra. <laughs> Listen, God, but how the hell did you win? You know, it's just my here's, goodness. Here's the thing. This team didn't have Kendra. Here's the thing. <laughs> when I'm crafting questions, I want to make sure we're talking to you about players that you were definitely into. And and I know that was 2023, and you may feel differently about 2024. Bob, but I know you like I I know you liked them last season, Zach. And, <laughs> he, and send, I he sends me 40 questions, and I pick the four or five that I want. <laughs> That's what it comes down. To. All we want to know is if this if your like for Kendra Miller uh, last year is going to carry over to to this season. You know, Kendra had some bad luck with injuries, and I think whenever a rookie gets injured. Uh, he was injured in preseason, and it just st- kept mounting. So I don't think he really had a fair shot to impress the coaches. The biggest problem for Kendre is Kamara K- still looks like he has it. So even if Kendre were to emerge, he's getting those early down rolls because Kamara is not going to relinquish his third down duty. And then you have Taysom who New Orleans just loved. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, from just an opportunity standpoint, I think it's an uphill battle. As far as his abilities, he's got prototype size. I think he can block. There's a chance at this point he's probably just a handcuff. Uh, yeah, and, and you drafted this player before you knew his landing spot, right? Because we were in the never too early, so were we not? You were in the reg. No, so you knew he was headed to New Orleans. I had I had Kendra exposure in the best ball tournament. Gotcha. I was pretty heavy on him. Okay. Um, what about what about um, Miami? And we're going to go to our, an email here for you, Zach. Uh, Ron in Dallas, actually. How do you handle the Dolphins running backs in the never-too-early draft? So if you're drafting now, I can tell you, according to Fantasy Mojo, that Devon Achan is going off the board on average as the eighth running back at the 208, so he's sort of like a mid to late second round pick. Raheem Mostert running back 29 in the late eighth round, almost six rounds separate these two. Well, more than six rounds, I guess, technically separate these two players. Um, how do you feel about the, the, those values right there, Zach? Do, do you like one or the other? Do you like neither of them? Do you like both of them? I had a lot of Raheem this year, um, so that's my boy, but I think yeah. this year. I'm going to pivot to HN. I just think he's so explosive. He's one of those players that has spike weeks that could, could win a league just in one week. Um, 190 pound back. I feel like he's going to acclimate his body in this off season. 
just so he can kind of develop into more of a full-time role. I'm digging H on over Raheem, even if even at a discount um, in the eighth round for Raheem. I think that's right, mid second. Mid, yeah, yeah, two oh eight for H on right now. He's an exciting player. I think Mostert's going to play until he's about thirty six, retire for two, three years, and come back at then come back. <laughs> yeah, that would be that's, that's what I expect. I mean, and you know, it'll be great. It's uh, he's he's just a joy to watch. He's just. You know, you 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 want to see. Well, he perhaps he's going to lose a step. Well, he's got two or three to lose. He's faster than you know, just about everybody in the league. That Miami team. I see he's going right next to Nick Chubb. Yeah, Nate. Yeah, it, yeah. He he is in the territory as I, as I bring it up here. He is in. Whoops, uh, that's the wrong wrong draft. It, he is in the territory of. Um, so Mostert is, yeah, Nick Chubb at the 807, Najee Harris at the 812, Brian Robinson 803. So that's what you're looking at there. But yeah, Chubb and Mostert, who would have thunk that they would be right next to each other in 2024 drafts? One more email here for you, Zach. Um, Greg in West Nyack, New York. Wow, that's a new one. Um, hi, Zach. Are you concerned? Oh, Farrell, this is a good question for you. Hi, Zach. Are you concerned that Michael Pittman might leave the Colts? Bumping up Josh Downs or Alec Pierce. Congrats on the cash. That is Greg in West Nyack, New York. Uh, Zach, how do you feel about Pittman? Uh, you think he's pretty stable in Indianapolis? He had a great season this past year, and I think Pearson Downs, for the most part, uh, took a back seat to him. Uh, your thoughts on Pittman in 2024? Yeah, thank you, Greg. I think it depends where Indy goes. I don't think it's a great year to have an impending contract for a, a veteran wide receiver. In this case, Pittman may not be a veteran, but just this crop of wide receivers coming in, I think there's a chance they could rotate out of him, which would definitely bring up Downs, who I do like. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, Pittman is a player I, I targeted. Um, I think Anthony Richardson will continue to develop. So mm -hmm. yeah, if he sticks around, uh, where is he going right now, Balky? Pittman? Yes. Pittman is going right now. This, again, this is the never-too-early tournament. No kickers, no defenses. 20-round uh, drafts. Michael Pittman's current ADP in this format is at wide receiver 17, and he's going in the middle of the third round, 307. Wow. Is he going that high? Oh. He's going that wow. high. I thought he had fifth-round placed all over. Guys, he's not going anywhere. Indianapolis will well, tag him. Farrell, that's, the problem is people have been listening to you, and they keep all bumping right, well, him up higher. That's Don't grab Pivot. No, he's he's going to be in Indianapolis. Zach is right uh, with what he's going to do for Richardson. It will be a beautiful thing, and they'll put a franchise tag on him, and that'll take care of that. Downs in the ninth, Pierce in the sixteenth, right now for the Colts. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I like I think Downs that's... in the ninth. Yes. Um, why do? And is it just because of the flashes that he showed in twenty twenty three, and and then the value is there for you there, Zach? I think I think it's a little rich for me for Pittman in, in the third, even though he showed signs to earn targets and he had a great year. But I, I, that's a little too rich for me. You're assuming that he is going – if you're drafting that high, you're assuming that his game is going to change and that he's going to find the end zone. And I'm not sure that's going to happen. Hmm. You know, he, he he's – I don't know if he's a double-digit touchdown maker. Farrell, uh, I am fresh out of emails, and we have not talked about the world-famous FFPC playoff challenge yet, and we have the leader in the competition on the uh, on the show tonight, which is exciting. Yeah, you know, you just keep doing it. it it's it's <laughs> it just it's it's great that you're so good at these differing formats. Now, this is a format that I've never had a great deal of success with. So, I want to ask you this: How many teams did you play? <laughs> so the best ball tournament win allowed me to roll things back into the sure. FPC ecosystem. So I did 80. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. That's good. I did one. Um, <laughs> and I was so excited at three 30 last week, I was in second place and now I'm in 200 or something, but hey, congratulations. Um, what is unique about your first place team? What commonalities does it share with 
other teams of yours that we might see you move in and monopolize the top 10? It'd be great. Yeah, this is a Tucker team, a Justin Tucker team, uh, which is pretty unique. I think Mm -hmm. Uh, I was pretty surprised Tucker came in at around 9% ownership. Um, I thought he was going to come in more at 15. I thought he was great leverage on Lamar. And all that needed to happen was him stay even with Likely and Zay um, in the first week. And now what's sort of occurring is how everything broke. It's you sort of create an extension on the timeline where you're getting chased down by all these Lamar teams. So this team has one week left um, mm-hmm. and it needs Kansas City to beat Baltimore. Or I these see. Lamar teams are going to come down, and they will chase mm-hmm. this top spot down. And I, the top ten has a bunch of Tucker teams with Houston D, uh, and my combination of Amon Ra and Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Balky, the uh, Zach's the way things are going for Zach. Uh, I would expect Tucker to at least rush or pass for one touchdown in the coming week. He will, he'll actually – something will happen. It's going to be great. He'll, he may catch a touchdown pass. They may line him up. You, know. it, you never know. Uh, Zach, so just to confirm, your first-place team, Tucker, Kelsey, St. Brown, and then McCaffrey, are the, those are the four you're rooting for here? Yes. Okay, got it. Got so it, got I, it. I mean, this team is it, – it's live. I just started jumping into the spreadsheets and seeing – everyone chasing me down i think i'm the next lamar team i'm about 38 points clear of him mm. which is in 68 points i need that kansas city win baby yep that's what it comes down to so i'll be rooting with taylor for patty mahomes this week shake but, it off baby. yeah that's 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 exactly right uh <clears throat> zach Toyo could be the anti-hero of the ffpc if he ends up with two six-figure grand prizes uh, in one year, and that will be my last Taylor Swift epi- uh, reference of the night. Um, $200,000 in the best ball tournament, Zach. Have you have you thought about what you're going to spend any of that money on? No, Is this gonna be, I, I know you've already rolled in heavy on the playoff challenge. Do you have that money earmarked for anything else? Yeah, I mean, I actually was uh, eyeing out this Tacoma truck, but uh, I'm just in love with this tournament, and I had to, had to go shopping for some exposures. Um, I have a, an espresso machine that I'm, I've been looking at. I'm addicted to coffee. So it's a big decision point. It's like a, a Dunze versus neighbors uh, decision point that I'm trying to decide right. with this espresso machine. I have Maxwell House here. Uh, uh, <laughs> Jeff Joaquin, uh, who, who you'll need to meet, Zach. Uh, Jeff Jackingbog, he he says that uh, my kitchen counter looks like a screenshot from the 1970s. You know, I have everything but post them there. Retro was in Pharaoh. Retro was in. It better be because I'm stuck. Jeff should know that. I mean, he's a a SoCal guy. He should be up on the trends. Retro was in. Zach, I'll tell you what, if there's anything left and if if that espresso machine comes in right at or under budget, uh, we would love to have you in Kentucky as well. you would love it here and you you would uh obviously your game needs sharpening so you need to come here and get ready (laughs) (laughs) love to Farrell. thanks yeah yeah absolutely uh Farrell, one last question for zach before we let him enjoy his uh friday evening Uh, i remember i picked one oh yeah give us a dog give us somebody that through all your teams you just will not have a you just won't have him and then tell us somebody, you know, I gave you Jamari Thrash. Give me a sleeper. Give give, give the listeners, give give Colin Hoffman a sleeper and, and, <laughs> and, and help help us out a little bit. Uh, so your last question, a sleeper. Well, I'll start with a rookie. I love Xavier Worthy from Texas. Oh, mm-hmm. He's he's got the long speed of Jamison Williams and he's got some shiftiness of Zay. Um Mm-hmm. He ran a 10-5-500 meter as a freshman. So he could go 4-3 at the combine, and he could be 
in that 20 to 25 range. So Xavier Worthy as a rookie. How about Andre Isovas for Cincinnati? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Good point. Depending on what happens with T. um, My lean is that I think they may move on from T. And this guy is a supreme athlete. Mm -hmm. Um, We could be looking at the next Puka. Maybe not to that extreme, but... uh, Mm -hmm. Just good thought. We brought him up on the show um, during the year uh, once. And and I I can't remember if I said this or not, but in a lot of my dynasty leagues that I was in, Zach, um, for the last waiver wire run of the season... I was picking up Yosebas um, as as just like a, a guy that we'll see what happens, like as one of my last roster spots on the right. league. And Smart. and if Higgins moves on and the Bengals don't do anything, you know, I, maybe this is my because I'm a Packers fan and I've seen how the Packers have treated um, when they've had an elite quarterback where they just kind of poo poo the offensive weapons and they expect the quarterback to do everything. You could see that in Cincinnati, right? Well, we got Burrow, we got Chase. Like let let's you know those let those guys cook. We'll fill in the cracks, um, you know, with with other players that we need on this team on on defense and the offensive line and what what have you. And maybe all of a sudden, Yosevas. I mean, I'm not saying this is likely, but he could be the number two receiver when the when the uh, when training camp opens. You never know how these. So more than play. zero I, chance. Bro. There's a there's a non-zero <laughs> chance of Yosevas being the number two non-zero chance. Um, of him being the number two receiver. Those are where's Yossi Boss getting being drafted here. I will look that up. I and by the way, I was going to tell you this 30 second round. Exa- no, come on. <laughs> Xavier Worthy uh, is already a 13th round pick in the never too early tournament. Um, so there's that. Uh, Yossi Boss is 19th round, mid 19th wide receiver, 92. Uh, is where he's Ooh. going right now. Puka so territory, basically free. Yeah, it is, it is Puka territory for sure. Those are the players you like, Zach. Is there a player that you're going to stay away from? I, we already heard um, Pittman was too rich for you. Is there anybody else that's too rich? Man, I'm assuming this might be a common answer, but Kyron, I think he's slated in the first round. I I just don't have the confidence Kyron can sustain this production over 17 games. I mean, he already got injured through a period of this season. I faded him this year, which was a mistake, and I think I'm going to continue to fade him, especially if he's going in the first round. I love the way you talk about fading players and making mistakes. It proves that you don't have to be perfect to be successful. You know, and I'll hear guys in the hallways at Planet Hollywood, "Oh, you got to have the perfect draft, man. You got to." No, you don't. You just, you just gotta. You just got to do the best you can put it together and then to, to change it if you made too many mistakes. But I, I really like the way you approach this. Pharaoh, is that 46840? I just I couldn't get it out of yeah. my head. If he ran yeah. a 463, I might have had some Kyron this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you watch the film, watch how the players move. I'm the the 40 times can be so tricky and so misleading, especially if they aren't trained on how to start. Because if they start wrong, the clock starts fast on them. And, um, you know, it's it's too – it's you you can trust your eyes better than you can trust that 40, though. Williams is one of those guys. I was the same way. I I don't want to rehash it. I've been saying it on this show for for months. Like, everything – the only – I mean, there was nothing attractive to me about Kyron Williams until I saw that blurb from Jordan, from Jordan Rodriguez, and she said that he was catching a lot of passes in training camp. Mm-hmm. And I said, yep. okay, well, he's the guy behind Cam Akers. It's the 14th round. Let's go. And and I drafted him in a bunch of spots there yep. until I got into too many leagues with Adam Krautwurst, and he started snaking him in the 12th and 13th round. And that's stinking Yeah, that happens. But that, but that's why. I mean, it was – it was never about talent. It was never about um, the the athletic profile for Kyron Williams. It was about opportunity, and sometimes right. opportunity can be just important. Now that said, Zach, I'm with you. Running back five, one eleven for Kyron Williams. Ah, I don't know if I can get there this year, um, but certainly um, it's good to hear you say that because clearly you know what you're doing. Two hundred thousand dollar winner in the 2023 <laughs> FFPC Best Ball Tournament. The guy who is leading. The chase for $500,000 in the 2023-2024 FFPC World Famous Playoff Challenge. 
first place right there as well. Go uh, uh, enjoy the games on Sunday. We're excited for you. We're rooting for you. Hopefully you can pull this off. It would be uh, quite the feat to pull off two six-figure grand prizes in the same uh, calendar year, basically within like a month and a half of each other, Zach. Uh, would be a truly amazing feat, and we're just so fortunate to have you on the show tonight. Thank you so much for your expertise and your insight, and go enjoy the rest of your weekend, my friend. Thanks, Balky. Thanks, Farrell. You got it. That is Zach Toyle, ladies and gentlemen, the champion of the 2023 FFPC Best Ball Tournament and leading the way in the World Famous Playoff Challenge with just three games to go. How about we answer some emails here, Farrell? Okay. Love that guy. Love that Zach. Oh, Zach is fantastic. Yeah, he was really good, well-spoken. Uh, and and what he he's done this year um, and what he's doing is, I mean, we talk about the Go Bills guys going back-to-back. We talk about Abim mm-hmm. Agbatoba going back-to-back. This guy could win two six-figure grand prizes within, you know, whatever it is, 45 days of each other, which is The Go Bills guy, did, they didn't win this year, though. They did not. No, they they couldn't. You imagine there's you imagine they're somewhere drowning their sorrows and fighting. And I I know I don't I don't. You're not getting along anymore. You know you know what's funny is Sean Stutzman, um, one of the three of the Go Bills guys. He actually won. I I might have been a six figure grand prize in another best ball competition. So he he's kind of keeping the street independent of the other independent of the Go Bills. Oh, there's already issues. There's already. There's um, a Yoko in this group somewhere. There, he could be the Yoko. Over. He could be the Yoko of the Go Bills. I yeah. If if Dom is is Paul and and uh, and uh, Nick is uh, is Lennon, then then yeah, I think Yoko might be shocked. It, it, Although it, that might be an analogy they're comfortable with. So if they're ever listening to the show, you know they should they should just type in that they're okay. You know? <laughs> Well, you know, when we, when we interviewed um, the main event champ uh, a couple, when, when was that? Was that two, three weeks ago when mm-hmm. when we had on um, the, the main event champion, Nick was in, uh, he was in the chat, in the chat room watching, watching mm-hmm. the broadcast. So I know Nick is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody else, I, I don't know. We'll see. The green eye of envy will get you into the chat room. Yeah, it's true. Um, let's get to uh, Will and Lexington. Lexington, Farrell. Oh, down um, the street. Yes. Hey, guys, is it wheels up for Rasheed Rice as the Chiefs' number one option in 2024? Rasheed Rice, currently in the FFPC never-too-early best ball tournament, is going off as wide receiver 16 in the middle of the third round. He is going ahead of your beloved Michael Pittman, Marvin Harrison Jr., Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, and Devonta Smith. Does that seem right to you? Are you picking Rasheed Rice? based on him being the number one receiver for Kansas City and churning out fantasy volume that's going to make him worth a mid-third-round pick? Yes, I am. Um, and, you know, the, the worst answer I gave to a question this year is when you posed to me, Balky, back in October, who the Chiefs receiver would be to emerge. And I stubbornly stayed with Tony. Uh, Rice has been so wonderfully impressive. And when you do – when you build a relationship with that quarterback, that relationship doesn't go away. So that's a, one of the reasons that I think Rice, you can be very, very bullish on. However, something Zach said, this um, this draft is rich with wide receivers. And, yes, it is. And they will perhaps find another rookie. And as you can tell, the Chiefs have not been shy in spreading the ball around. And they don't need a lot from other players. Uh, if you notice – about all miracles, we, we saw it happen twice this past week. Was uh, Valdez Scantling actually caught two passes, and you know that that's all the team needed. That's all they they needed to win was somebody catch a pass, and Scantling caught two, and and you know on on to Baltimore. But Rice is the guy. Uh, Rice is indeed the guy. Let's do one more email here um, from Dan in New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, and this is kind of going with the conference championships. This is more a look towards 2024. Hey, guys, given that we're seeing another semi-serious injury for Debo Samuel, and I think it's a, a very similar injury to what he had earlier this season, by the way, are you fading him in 2024 drafts? Dan in New Haven, Connecticut. Farrell, Debo Samuel right now is going as wide receiver 15 at the 303. That's one slot in front of the aforementioned Rasheed Rice. Your thoughts? on drafting Debo Samuel that high. 
Of course, you're going to draft Devo Samuel that high. Um, he's tough as nails. Guy spits in the concrete breaks. He carries the ball 10 times a game. Um, he uh, There's no safer investment in an offensive player who catches the ball and runs with it, uh, goes over the middle of the field, does everything you need to do. There's no safer investment in Debo Samuel. And when he's playing hurt, you can't tell it. So Debo so, Samuel, whatever. So, so you're still taking him in the, in the mid-third round next year? Sure, I, I am. Okay, I have a little trepidation with it, but mm-hmm. I understand the elite offense he plays on. I understand the Niners put up a lot of points. That's a, a decision when I start drafting the KFFSC that I'm going to have to make uh, coming up. Speaking of the KFFSC, Farrell, I know I need to figure out what I'm doing. I'm, I expect to get an answer tomorrow on my child care for Super Bowl Sunday weekend so mm-hmm. I can make it down to Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you said, Five spots remain in those super Sunday leagues. You're looking at um, uh, three drafts on Saturday and one on Sunday with openings right now. Um, And you can register for that at KFFSC.com, KFFSC.com. That's the place to go. Uh, Very excited to do that. I drafted on Super Bowl Sunday last year, and I'm not just saying this. It accentuated my enjoyment of the Super Bowl for sure, and I look forward to doing it again this year. Well, I appreciate you bringing it up, Bucky. And, you know, if – if you get down here, we'll move some guys around, and there will be people that will graciously step aside to give you more drafting opportunities. It's, uh, you know, you're you're a beloved individual of the fantasy world. Uh, you yeah, know, you're, you're like butter and toast from coast to coast, Bucky. People, uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, when we want you here, we we want you here in Kentucky, and then I will. Uh, we, we haven't marketed the the league. You know, it, it's got the same. Not the same, but it's a core group of guys that that will come and make the the weekend special, and we're looking forward to it. Now, uh, we will have our schedule up here in, in a couple of weeks for what we're going to do in in 2024, and there'll be a couple surprises and a lot of things available. And you know, Balky, whether you make it or not on Super uh, Sunday um, weekend or Sweet 16 tournament. You've only been coming now for, I think, 12 years in a row, and you've never missed. So I think you've got a pretty good record, whether you make yeah. it or not. We're, we're kind of we're kind of all for you. Yeah, no, I love it. It is, it's, it, again, it's, I'm not joking around. When I get down there in August, it's one of my favorite weekends of the year. Why would I not want to do that twice and get there in February to watch the, uh, the Super Bowl live in, uh, in Louisville? It's going to be a lot of fun. KFFSC.com is where to go. Farrell, we'll do this again next week. Thanks for joining me, dude. Pleasure's all mine, sir. You got it. That is Farrell Elliott, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, joining us on the show tonight. I want to thank uh, Zach Toyo, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryson, of course, each and every one of you. We will be back, as I said, 10 o'clock next week. Uh, same bad time, same bad channel on the FFPC YouTube and the FFPC socials. In case you missed the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show last night on the Better Sports Network, check it out on any of the FFPC socials as well as YouTube, the archived uh, video is there both on the FFPC and the BSN channel. Uh, 33rd team's Josh Larkey joined me. A lot of fun. We got through a lot of stuff going into 2024 drafts. Uh, and then this coming Thursday at 7 p.m., we'll go live for two hours again. Fantasy Pro's Andrew Erickson will be my guest on that. He's been on the show before. A good guy, fun guy, and most importantly, a smart and entertaining guy. So he'll be on with me 7 to 9 next week. MYFFPC.com is where to go to join these never-too-early best ball tournaments that we've been talking about for the past hour. Uh, The two tournaments will run through the NFL draft, conclude on April 25th. They're going to follow the best ball slim rules. No kickers, no defenses. It's a 20-round draft. Champion gets crowned at the end of Week 17. Drafts are available with a 32nd, 62nd, uh, two-hour and six-hour clocks. Uh, so make sure that you are registering for that at myffpc.com. Win ten grand, win twenty-five grand. Registration closes April twenty-fifth. Uh, also, myffpc.com, myffpc.com is where to go if you are one of those fantasy football uh, can't get enough of it. Uh, play fantasy football 365 days a year with the dynasty orphans that we have right now at myffpc.com. There are a ton of those that have been discounted. You get some great deals on them and begin your dynasty, uh, uh, dynasty, your dynasty, dynasty. Now, uh, myffpc.com, just click on the purchase uh, button next to any of those teams that have the entire roster and the draft picks listed there. Like I said, a lot of good deals. Check it out, myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, click the notification bell so you get notified anytime we go live, which will be once again 
next Thursday, 7 o'clock, Fantasy Pros, Andrew Erickson and myself. And then Friday night, 10 o'clock, uh, myself and uh, Farrell Elliott and another great guest will be joining us. Maybe Colin Hoffman. You never know. That is coming up next Friday at 10 o'clock. Thanks for watching, everybody. Your weekend officially starts now. <laughs>